everybody, it's me, Tanisha O, the motivational speaker, author of Empowered Stepmother and a transformational coach for stepmothers. So do you know any stepmothers who are struggling? If so, have them reach out to me. And you know what? Now it's time for us to start chasing dreams with Amy J. Let's go. Welcome to Chasing Dreams Podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams Podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Hey, Dream Chasers, this is Amy J, and thank you guys so much for tuning in to episode 184 of Chasing Dreams. Guys, before I get too far, here is a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by our Patreon campaign supporters. Thanks to all of you for your support. Beginning January 2019, as a thank you, Patreon supporters will have exclusive initial access to a bonus video conversation with our guests. Even donating a dollar an episode goes a long way. For more information on our Patreon campaign and or if you'd like to donate to help keep the show going, please visit amyj21.com slash Patreon. Guys, I want you to meet a new friend of mine, Tanisha O. She's the author of The Empowered Stepmother, a book which invites stepmothers on a transformational journey of self-empowerment to regain their voices and discover their identity in a blended family dynamic. The family vlog Tea with Tanisha O shows a candid look inside the love and connection shared between her and her stepson, Ike, journaling their family victories and strategies to co-parent successfully with Ike's biological mother. She's an avid reader whose most creative thoughts occur while in couch potato mode, and she's been gracious enough to come on the show, and we had such a good time that you had to hear it, okay? You know, we don't often think blended families are different, but there's a different dynamic for them, and I thought it was important to share that with you, our listeners. So check it out. Tanisha, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Now, we have an interesting story because I did not meet you at a podcast conference, which is normally where people are like, Amy, don't you only meet people at podcast conferences? And I'll have you know, excuse you, no, Mm -hmm. I met Tanisha at a networking event. Exactly. So there. Close enough to a podcast event. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Close enough. But, you know, I, I moved back to Baltimore recently, tried to reconnect with friends and family and meet new people, right? Settle in, as it were. And we were at this networking event and I w- we went around the room. I talked about, hey, I'm a podcaster. I have this podcast. I'm public speaking now. You know, that's what I do. And Tanisha, and when it was her turn, was like, I'm an author. I have a book. I wrote it. Like, cool. And I'm like, in my head, I'm going, oh, she wrote a book. That. That means that there's something cool going on. Why would she write a book otherwise, right? right. And the, the whole thing ends and you come over and I'm like, oh, this is great. I don't even have to go anywhere. She's coming to me. And she, you were like, hey, would love to talk to you. And I was like, boom, kindred spirits off the bat. Yeah. Let's talk. And I was right. And guys, if she has the book, it's called Empowered Stepmother. And the cover's yes. interesting because you have the word step crossed out. Yes. And 
I was like, okay. So I didn't read the entire book. And we're going to talk about the book. We're going to talk about what she's doing. But what's interesting to me is you have such a positive personality. Thank you. Worked at that, honey. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I, yeah. I never would have guessed that. So yeah. Yeah. I, I was a good pretender, like mm-hmm. many of us. You know, I was really good at pretending like I was happy. I was like, you're just going to smile. You're just going to smile through the tears. Might be There may have been tears rolling down my face, right. but I was smiling, you know, but I, I now I'm genuinely just happy. So when you were younger, is that, was it the same case then too? Putting up a, That's a, a mask? That's a great question. It's a great question, Amy, because so many traumatic things happened throughout my childhood. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that I just don't remember. Mm. And and then I wonder how much really happened because I blocked out so much. I, I don't remember a lot of things, you know, when I'm talking to my husband and he's like, oh, I did this in second grade. I'm like, you remember that? I have, I couldn't tell you what I was doing in second grade. So I went through, I, I don't know why, but I don't remember a lot. I don't remember if I was very happy. I, if I had to dig deep, I would almost feel like I was a little isolated and, and to myself, you know, I wasn't very social almost felt like a loner. I remember in sixth grade, I won the student of the year, which was amazing. I had just moved to California from Chicago and I was like me. And I remember the most popular girl, Lachey was so upset with me because (laughs) she was popular and she felt like she should have won. And heck, I even thought she should have won because I didn't even know what I did to win, but I won. And I was like, wow, you know, now looking back, I, I think I demonstrated leadership, you know, back then even then. And so I didn't, I didn't know, I I don't know, but I know I found joy. (laughs) I can tell you that I'm grateful for that. And that's, that's fantastic. Cause isn't that what life is just finding those moments. And so, so when you're, you were growing up, you're going through these traumatic experiences, right? Mm -hmm. You're, you have a path before you was the path that was before you and and I'll leave it to you if you want to share what that path was. Is it different from the path you're on now? Or were you kind of same? That's a great question. So I was a stepchild. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that. My my mother was married twice. She wasn't married to my father. So I was always the stepchild in, in both of those relationships. So um, and then I was a teenage mother. When I was 18, I had my daughter. And when I was 19, I had my son. So life was served to me quite quickly, you know, and then going to school and all that stuff as a single mom and just doing all those things. So I do know one thing. I was a paralegal for quite some time before. And I there was something special that the attorneys saw in me. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm so grateful. So I bought my first house at 24. And I say that because I went to work one day. I was like, do you know they're raising the rent? And the, one of the attorneys was like, so, so buy a house. I had no idea what that meant. My mother had never owned a house. You know what I mean? I didn't know. And I was like, okay. And I said, so what do I do? And he just said, you call a loan officer. And so I just called, I found this guy and, and all of a sudden we're looking at houses and you don't know how weird that is when you don't even know. So I was going through neighborhoods and all I could do was look at the people walking down the street. And I was like, okay, these are the people my children will go to school right. with. And that's all I had to go by. And I was like, I don't want them to go to school with anybody who looks like that walking down the street. And so that's how, cause I didn't know. I didn't know the neighborhood. Yes. It was, it was my truth. I had no clue. Yeah. And that's how I, <laughs> how I picked the neighborhood that I was in based on what the people, or if I didn't see any people walking mm-hmm. down the street, I was okay with that too. So, so, and, and- 
to be clear, was this in the time of Zillow and, you know, internet searches of sorts? No, ma'am. Right. Because I, no, I want to no, make sure, was, guys, we my have- My daughter is 23. So this right. was 24 years ago. Right. So you, you were working with what we have. This was before Al Gore's internet. Right. You know? And I know people don't understand that. Right. Some of the people. It, there was a time before that. I survived yes. then too. Okay. So <laughs> judge not. Lest yes. ye be judged. All right. Exactly. Don't judge me. All I right. did the best with what I had. Well, and that's the thing. That's the thing that's so amazing is you worked with what you had at 24. I couldn't even think about, and mind you, different circumstances and whatnot of getting right. getting a house. But mm-hmm. you, with your kids, you found a way. You, you got single a Single mom, because I wasn't married. I was a single mom. Single mom on top of it, right? Mm-hmm. Taking care of your kids. Paralegal. Utmost respect for paralegals. Utmost respect a Thank lot you. of the hard yes, work, the work is hard. done yes. by paralegals. Absolutely. I don't care what nobody says. They do the work. They do the work. I, I'm a lawyer. I can say that. You know the truth. Yes. I was in you an office. <laughs> I was in an office. Yes. Been there, done that. They work yes. hard. They yes. do. Absolutely. So um, I know it couldn't have been easy. And so, you know, at having life thrown at you at such a young age of 18, where mm-hmm. you couldn't even buy alcohol. At that nope. age, but exactly, you have a kid. And two, two. By the time two. I was nineteen, I had two. Two. By the time, it still can't have alcohol. Nope. Right. And so it's like you have this responsibility, which is great, and right. you had dreams that you may not even remember what they were. Do you? Right. You know what? I at that time I wanted to be an attorney, mm. but as the kids, but when I went back to school. And and my daughter, I would say, she'd say, mommy, I had a roommate, amazing roommate. And so we had this system where I took the kids to school in the morning and then I went to school at night. And so she picked them up after school. And I, my daughter would say, mommy, can you just be home with us? And I said, sweetie, mommy's going to have more money. You know, I'll get you more Christmas presents. She was like, I don't want presents. I just want you home. Mm-hmm. And I realized that was a pivotal moment. I had to make a decision whether someone else was going to raise my children or I was going to have to place what I wanted on the side in order to, to be a mother. And, and I always worked, even though I was young, I always had a job where they were close or they were close to me or I worked close to home. So they were like at kinder care and during lunch breaks, I always went to kinder care and had lunch with them. And, you know, like I did all those things. And even though I was a young mother and most young mothers don't think to do that, I did it. I Mm -hmm. did the best I could with my babies, but I knew that there was leadership qualities in me. And I could tell that just by the people that came into my life. Like I remember one lady, I was temping at Snapple and she bought me a suit and she said, every interview, every, every interview you go on, you wear this suit. And I said, thank you. And it was a a nice suit, you know, and then the paralegals would bring me clothes. This was when I was still a receptionist before I had even gone to school and people always. So I knew there's something because people always saw something extra special in me. And I was so grateful for that. So I didn't know what that was, but there was something, some level of leadership that was there. And I ran with it. Absolutely. I mean, so I'm grateful for, I hope these people are listening because they transformed. Like you never know what you can yeah. do to change somebody's life. Yeah. I mean, I think it was um, Jay-Z who said his sixth grade English teacher gave him yes. his love of English, right? You mm-hmm. don't know the impact something as small as that can do. Granted, it was her job, guys, but still, exactly. right? It's they don't get the appreciation they deserve. Not all teachers care, right? Not, right. not all they, teachers not are the all. same. So, um, your daughter tells you 
mommy, please stay home. Did you stay home? No, no, no. I was in school. I I had to. But what I did do is when I graduated, she was there, mm-hmm. you know, so, so and I know that she didn't get the full. Yeah, she didn't get it. She was still a precious yeah. little girl, but she she's reaping the benefits now. You know, she's sure. what well, she had her master's degree at 22. She was finished. So I was big on school, sure. you know, and make things happen. But no, I, I was like, baby girl, mommy has to finish. She well, was OK. Important. I mean, it's important, right? You're working right. and you're striving. Absolutely. You have a dream and a life. Also, that's just as important as the one you're preparing for your kids. Absolutely. You know? And again, guys, no, this is this is what it is for Tanisha. Cool to whatever you do. If, you, if your daughter, oh, says, absolutely. You know, I don't judge at all. Just make I, it clear. I think that it, I think that it's more of a, a of a thing because there are so many young women who may be single moms, and even if you aren't a teenager like I was, there's hope. Is, is the point. I hope that you get that, that there is hope no matter where you are and what happens, there's always something more that can come out of it. You know, it, it's not a life sentence. It's just a lesson. So the lesson for me was I was a teenage mom and, and I just handled the, the hand that I was dealt. I made the decision to have two children and I was going to love those babies unconditionally. And that's what I did. They had a really good life. They still do have a really <laughs> you know, a good life. So, so you graduate. What's next? So uh, I ultimately end up, I was in California during this time. And so I ultimately end up in Maryland and, and uh, meet my husband. So by this time, this is the fun part of the story. So by this time uh, I have, I think the kids are not, I think they're 11 and 12. They're, so they're in middle school. And I had this rule, any guy I'm dating, he needs to have a 10 year old or older. I don't want to deal with any baby mama drama. I know people don't like that term, but people understand that term. So right. I was like, right. As soon as you said it, I knew what you meant. <laughs> exactly. Regardless. That's my point. Even if you don't like the term, I just want to make sure you understand what, what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to deal with that. And guess what? I meet this guy who has a one and a half year old. Oh boy. Like you're way under the threshold. My friend, <laughs> he didn't make the cut but- for like nine years. <laughs> Like at all. And mm-hmm. I was like, dude, the kid's not even potty trained. What are we going to do with this? But I just fell in love with him because he was just such a precious yeah. little guy. Hey. Oh, so little Ike. And so, and if you watch any of my vlogs, you'll see him. I just fell in love with this precious little gift. And so life happened. We ended up married. And that brings us to our current place of where we are. Where we are now, today. Now, I was stepmother at that time. I was just a struggling trying to survive stepmother when we got married. Well, so here's what's interesting, right? Because of your experiences as a stepmom to Ike, because mm-hmm. of your experiences as a mom, mm-hmm. as a young mom, right? And all of this stuff that you've gone through, you have gone down this avenue of writing a book called Empowered Stepmother, again, yes. for, for anyone. And yes. the thing about this book, right? And the thing about this book, and I haven't read it entirely, guys, in full disclosure, but you don't have to for me to say this. I'm just going to go to the forward. <laughs> I read the forward. Yes. The forward is by Ike's biological mother. Yes. So my stepson's biological mother wrote the forward. It is honest. It is true. And... You know, it talks uh, for the full story. It talks about um, how she was not a fan of Tanisha in the beginning. She mm-hmm. thought she was trying to usurp her role in the life. Right. right? 
and found that her relationship with Ike, Tanisha's stepson, was deteriorating while Mm -hmm. Tanisha's relationship with Ike was growing and getting better. Right. Is that fair to say? That's exactly what happened. And Mm -hmm. she goes on to say, though, at the end that and and this is the part that um, finally I set my ego to the side and grabbed the olive bench extended countless times. She wanted to welcome me and always stated she never desired to replace me, but I wasn't ready to listen. Would you believe the one who person who I hated the most was the very one who was helping me through my pain and internal struggles? Tanisha helped me understand I first have to let go of my pain and resentment and begin to love myself before I'm able to give Ike the love he deserves. Like, what? Like, what? Be empowered biological mothers, be empowered stepmothers, Danielle. She wrote a foreword to your book about Mm -hmm. this. Like, this is, this is the, this is what I'm saying, guys. This is how you know it's, it's worked. Like, read the book for anyone in a, um, step family situation or I, I think it would work for a lot of families to be honest also that's what I've heard I've heard a lot of feedback uh, I've heard p- from people who have are in adoptive situations yes. where they have, a, have an open adoption with ch- with mm-hmm. their child and they said that my vlogs and videos actually they had a great testimonial where she shared she actually finally the child is 16 17 and i'm sure it's not all because of me but it supported her in coming together with the biological mother of her adoptive child so i've heard people say different things you know about it actually one of the people who read the book he's not even a parent mm-hmm. but he grew up in a in a blended family like his his mother had had several husbands and the father had several wives and he never quite understood his role as a stepchild and it was just so much and he said that book brought him so much insight to understanding where he is in the setting of boundaries and and rules of engagement and interestingly enough there was such a shift in me today I'm actually Danielle's life coach she came to me and said I need your help and I am currently working to help build the relationship between her and Ike because I know a mother's love and I know how important it is for a child to have his biological mother. You know, as long as there's no there's nothing happening where there's they're harmed oh, or yeah. Yeah. abused. I'm not speaking of any of those things because that's not the case. Sure. But I just know that they lost their way. And if I got to have the permission from both of them to share in their journey, to help them bring that beautiful bond back together. I want it to be that way. I want to make sure my baby boy has all the love. I'm an extra layer of love. I am not his biological mother. He calls me mom and I don't use the word step, which is why step is crossed out, Mm -hmm. but I'm here to help, you know? And, and in the blog, in the vlogs, Danielle has said several times, she said, the one thing no one can take from us is that Ike has three parents. She said, I'm glad he has three parents because he just has more love and a good teacher is a good teacher, no matter who it is. And she was referring to me and it meant so much to me that she said that. What's interesting to me, right? And and you say it on, because I did go through the book, guys. I, I did my homework. Good. I did Thank my homework. You. Is Thank you. And I think it was chapter six. You, you're talking about your husband does an interview with you. And you mm-hmm. talk about how what really got you through is the fact that you guys were on the same page. Yes. Right. And the thing that that's interesting about this whole situation, right, is you put a positive spin on um, 
be, I don't want to say, how do I describe it? You put a unique spin, a positive spin on blended families. Mm -hmm. Because that's actually the the, the best term for it. Blended families. I was going to say separate Mm -hmm. families. brought No, blended families, regardless Mm -hmm. of how the blend is, you put a positive spin. And the thing that's interesting to me about this is this is not the positive representation we see or that I grew up with in the 80s. Yeah, I'm dating myself. 90s. 2000s, 2010s, whatever we call these years currently, in social media, in media, in entertainment, right? Parent Trap wasn't really blended, but yeah. Stepmom. Stepmom, you know, um, Mm -hmm. there's so many others. Anytime a situation of blending comes in, it's always friction. There's always, um, it's never smooth. Right. And I'm not saying it's going to be smooth, but you have a situation here. The ones you talk about in the book and what you talk about um, in how to work with a blended family in such a positive that you forget that that's a possibility. Yes, I know. I know. And the reason why the book came about is because I wish I had that book when I was going through my struggles in the darkest days. Mm. I wish I had something to read. I wish there was somebody to tell me you know what, T, hold on. Just hold on. There's a brighter day coming. Just hold on. It's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. If somebody told me years ago that I would be coaching her, I would be like, oh, you've got to be kidding. Because we went through custody battles. We went through restraining orders. Um, My husband doesn't communicate with Danielle. I do all of the communication between them, which is why her and I were able to develop such a great communication now, it didn't start off that way. My husband, he says hi, you know, he's he's cordial. However, um, what happened was there was just too much friction. And I just said, time out. We've tried this when we dated. A lot of people wonder what happens when you're dating. So I'll yeah. say when we dated, we dated for almost four years before we were married. I did not get involved with Danielle at all. Any of my thoughts, I shared it with my husband, but, but I never said anything. Because it wasn't my husband and he and I didn't live together. So she wasn't disrupting my household with any nonsense. However, when we got married, I was like, okay, there's a new sheriff in town and we're going to have to make some adjustments because I can't have you cussing out my husband. That doesn't work for me. Right. And so I I said it a couple of times and she kind of ignored it. And I was like, okay, so this is what we're going to do. First, my husband and I got on the same page. He was at his wits end. His relationship with his son was deteriorating because he's seeing the animosity and the sure. and just the mean words and the hatred. Really, it was that mm-hmm. came to that between the two of them. And I know that's a strong term, but that's honestly where they were. And um, I was like, something has to give. So I said, first off, love, we can only control what happens in our home. So let's set the boundaries for our home. And I explained how we did that in the book. We did that first. And then we made the decision that he was no longer going to communicate with Danielle just to give some peace and some space. And, and that's what was needed. So I said, okay, I'm your new point of contact. And of course she didn't want it, yeah. but if she wanted to know what was happening with her son, because I forgot to say with all the custody battles, when the smoke cleared, we had custody of him. Mm-hmm. So now he lives with me full time and she's visiting. But the one thing I never lost sight of, there were a couple things. One was that she was a mother. And I think that so many times stepmothers want to battle with the biological mother to see who's more important and and who's better. And and I get that because 
I went through that, that whole ego. And, mm-hmm. and I had to lose all of that. That was one of the things um, that was one of my biggest problems because I had children that were older and I felt like a know it all, which I shouldn't have. Oh, I know what to do. You guys right. don't even know what you're doing. I got this. Let me show you. No, it's a different child, different situation. And you have to fall back to This was my self-talk. But the second thing was that even though it looked as bad as it was, I knew we were going to survive. I always spoke life. Even in the midst of the pain, I was like, my marriage will work. My marriage will work. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how the co-parenting was going to work, but I knew my marriage was going to work. And he and I stayed on the same page. And my husband trusted me. That was the thing. You know, for men, some men, quiet as is kept, Amy, they like that drama of women fighting over them. And so they let it happen. And it's important for my husband and I, we, we had to have this talk. You got to make a decision. You Your relationship didn't work with the previous person. So now you're going to belittle the next person that you're with in order to keep the one that you didn't work out with happy. Somebody's going to be unhappy. Right. Why does it have to be your wife? You know what I mean? And I'm sure. not talking about the person who's just over the top, but within boundaries, you got to set boundaries to protect everyone, including your wife. The, the, thing, so, the thing that that I love is one, you acknowledge every no two situations are the same, right? Mm-mm. They're, mm-hmm. they're just not. But At all. The thing about, and, and the reason I wanted to have you on the show, right? Because this is more of family law or, you know, conversations about that. But for me, you know, why on Chasing Dreams? You know, more and more kids, parents, families are blended. Yes. And sometimes they feel that they can't, that it's over. That their right. life cannot be what they want it to be and yes. that their dreams cannot be chased because now they're in this situation they don't know what to do with. So yes. my question and the reason I wanted to have you on the show is, is that, do you find that to be true? Do you think that's true? Yes, absolutely. Um, for even for myself, you know, mm-hmm. I was a young girl. I, I had, hadn't met my dad and, you know, so I grew up without, and that's why it was so important, the blended family to work and for all the kids to have their parents in that. Even Ike, Ike has shared many times his joy now, how free he is. Actually, I just did it on Valentine's Day. I did a vlog with him and I was talking to him about love. And he was like, you know, the one wish that he had for all children and blended families is for them to be able to be free, to love their family the way they desire, Mm -hmm. meaning their mother, their father, their step parents, whoever it is, He said, because it feels like you're caged, like you're a caged animal Mm -hmm. when you're not free to love because you're just in this box and you don't know what to do and you can't make a decision. And it does stifle a child. Parents don't realize it because it's easier to blame. So biological parents will blame the step parents or the person they're not with when the child doesn't succeed or vice versa. But the bottom line is that we are all responsible. We are all accountable. And the question that I always I had to ask myself first, but I ask other people, especially when I'm talking to people about coaching, is they're really good at giving me the story of what everybody else has done, who did what. And I'll always ask this one question and it gets silent. So what is your involvement? In all of this, what energy have you brought to this situation? And it's just silent because they can't answer that. And well, they can't and, answer it positively. W- well, yes, not with accountability. Right. I, I have, you know, they're, they're like, well, I just, it, it's usually yeah. not the answer. And the bottom line is, even if we're quiet, if we're quiet and we have anger or resentment or 
it doesn't matter if you're quiet, it's still um, negative energy. And so our behavior as adults, you know, even when it comes to bullying, children bully because it's what they're seeing done at home. Somebody is bullying somebody at home in order for that child to be bullied. And I know people may say, absolutely not, Tanisha. And I don't know if there's a proven fact. I could be 100% wrong. However, it could be one parent who just kind of cowers down and is quiet when somebody is attacking them even verbally. And so a child will see that, you know, us, we like to debate in our house a lot. So even with Ike, I'm like, dude, why aren't you getting along with the kids at school? And he, I was like, why are you arguing? Why is the teacher saying it? And I had to do a self-check. Well, considering we love debates in our house, he's now debating in first grade over what color something should be. That's not the time to debate, but he doesn't know when to turn it on and turn it off. So I had to, as a parent, be accountable to say, love, listen, I apologize, sweetie. Let's, let's work it out different. So we did a whole project online of how to communicate and get along. So I think that a lot of this comes down to parents and our willingness to step in. And so dream chasing is something that children have a dream of love parents the way they want to love them. That's a dream. And it's not a reality when over 60% of children right now under the age of 13, I believe that's the statistic, is within a home with only one biological parent. You're in a blended family and now you can't love. I mean, what the, if we don't have love, what do you have? And I already know how what I did to my older kids because I was resentful and I was angry. I was a single mom and and uh, their father has a child three months younger than my child, my young, my son. So you can imagine that whole, I don't even need to go into that, do the math, like drama. And I was like, this is my chance to do it right. And I'm not going to redo what I did before. And so I realized even to today, Amy, when I look at most things on blended family, even those people who are saying that they're coaching people through blended families, it's very negative. And I'm thinking, no wonder why you aren't thriving. Everything you say is vindictive and malicious. And if kids could see half of the things that you put on social media about their private lives and you wonder, I don't know why they don't accept me. I know why. Mm-hmm. Look at what you're saying. Yeah. It's hurtful. So one of the things that um, you were saying, right, in, in being kindness and the importance of blended families and kids being able to feel like they could love freely, right? Mm-hmm. And, and Ike wanted to have that kind of feeling, wish that for other kids. Do you see it getting better for families that the narrative around blended families isn't as, like, like I mean, take, for example, who was it? Ant-Man, right? Ant-Man was essentially a blended family. And it's, <laughs> it's, it, it was. It was the... the it came to my mind. And it's interesting, but in, in the end, they do get along and everyone's, you know, in the second movie, it was great. Sorry, spoiler alert. Everyone's friends, essentially. But, you know, do you see the narrative around blended families improving? Yes. That's I great. wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if I, if I didn't feel it in my heart. Like, Empowered Stepmothers, it's a movement. You can be in the beginning of it. You can join us in the middle. You could, It is a movement. When I'm no longer here, empowered stepmothers will live on because it's a complete movement. Once we're empowered to know who we are as women, to figure out what our role is, what our place is, and decide where we want to be, then instead of feeling like everyone dictates what we do, 
then we get to move forward and bring that peace and harmony to other people. But it's totally doable, totally doable. Well, what I love is, and you know, we t- I talked about this um, with Elaine last week, and you know, we were talking about how when you chase your dream, right? Other people see it. When other people see it, they're inspired to chase their own dream. It becomes a ripple effect. And this right. sounds like it's a similar thing. When kids see the parents getting along, when kids have that friendly, warm environment, they too can feel free, friendly, warm, right? Mm-hmm. Do you, you think it's a similar kind of analogy? Absolutely. I actually, he shared that I, Danielle actually said exactly what you just said. I asked her, when was the moment you felt a shift, you know, in our relationship? And she mentioned, she said, it was one time when we were out and I saw the look in his eyes and how excited Ike was to see us talking. And when she looked in his eyes, she was like, I got to get it together because he was just so happy, Mm -hmm. you know, to see that moment. Because the reality is when people say, oh, they don't like the stepmom, they don't like the stepdad. Most times they don't like them because of something that has been said. Or maybe there's a simple little jealousy. You know what I mean? Kids get jealous because they think somebody's going to come and take their parents away. But nice conversations and, and just building a rapport genuinely, not with something attached to the back end of it, it goes a long, long way. You know, it was my responsibility to build a beautiful relationship with Ike outside of my husband. And it was my husband's responsibility to build a beautiful relationship with um, Shri and Dave, the older two kids. Mm -hmm. That was on him. So we do things outside of each other. We do things together. So finding that common ground is huge, but it takes time. And the thing is, is in today's society, most people don't want to take time. Mm -hmm. I was just about to ask that. Yeah. They don't say I want to take time. It's almost 11 years. Uh, fun fact, I, I actually invited Danielle on a vacation with us. My husband was very excited about that one. That was that. Did you talk to him away. before you did that? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> no, that went over. Yeah, it was. Uh huh. And she said she was like, yes. I was like, OK, girl. All right. And when I was there, I was like, sweetie, guess what? He was like, I'm not going. I'm not doing that. I said, yeah, you have a whole month and a half to change your mind. <laughs> so he was like, no, it was, <laughs> don't try that at home. Listeners do not try that at home. But he went and it was a parenting. It was a, a, a conference for children, but it was to help with parenting. And I thought it would be awesome for her to grow with us as we work on communication, you know, and invite her. I thought it was great. And my husband did not share my joy at all, Amy. I thought it was amazing. You know, but I think having those open conversations like, you know, me talking to Ike, Ike, listen, there may be awkward moments. There may be uncomfortable moments, although we are all going together. It, you know, it, it, there may be some moments. Let's just work together because he and I are always just keeping the peace and the harmony. You know, they don't argue or anything, but just keep it. Well, I, right. I, th- I think you make a good distinction in the fact that even when you get to that point of copacetic nature where everyone kind of gets along it's a work it's always going to be a work in progress yes i want to 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 tell the listeners celebrate your small victories i did not just jump in it and just oh this is wonderful and i'm going to tell you guys the truth because there are people the reason why i i speak of the negative and the positive because there are people who think this is impossible the reality is i don't even know if danielle really changed she may still really not like me 
She may still really not want to be bothered with me. Playing the but what I can tell you, right. She may, but I can promise you one thing. I have changed my perspective of the whole thing. So I am still at peace and I'm still harmonious because her happiness or sadness or anger or whatever emotion she's feeling doesn't dictate and control me. I'm, I am responsible for my actions and how I show up in life. And so when I took my empowered self back mm -hmm. and said, I'm whole and complete, regardless of whether you approve or disapprove of me, because the reality is you can't change what people think of you anyway. My life was so much better. That's what it's all about. People think being an empowered stepmother means when I say it, you know, people think it means I have to be weak or it means that I can't speak my mind or I don't get to stand up for myself. Right. That could not be the furthest thing from the truth because I find strength in being able to control what you say or be conscious of, of what other, you know, be mindful of other people in your statements. Everything that I say, I don't need to think, excuse me, everything I think I don't need to say and I don't need to control people because I'm angry. I'm trying to control a situation because I'm angry. No, that's not strength. Strength is being able to f just be quiet or just shut up. I, I use that word for myself sometimes. There's a power, there's a power in kindness. Yes. That I, I think people miss underestimate, yes. but also don't understand. Right. You know, uh, in, right. in kindness and in compassion. Just because it comes down to vulnerability. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And being vulnerable is scary. I just did a, a video on that. It's very scary. And being a stepmother, you're vulnerable because you're not expected to succeed mm -hmm. before you. I mean, every movie, everything that has ever been said about us, we are expected to fail. Yep. And so now we're going into something where people don't like us and, and we're vulnerable and our husbands may not have our back. The kids can't stand us. The ex, if you even hear her voice, you're like, oh, right. you know, the weekend's coming and you're already tense. Mm -hmm. And it's like Wednesday. They won't even be there till Saturday. <laughs> right. Stressed out. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I did it. I get it. Yeah. I 100% get it. And unless you are a stepmother in that role, it's a role that you just don't understand. Right. It's it's different from the outside. Now, Tanisha, yeah. I appreciate you coming on the show and just sharing this wisdom. But before I let you go, what is one yes. thing you would recommend a dream chaser take today in chasing their dream? Uh, are we talking about empowered stepmother or whoever they may be? Oh, follow your gut. And if there were two things, first of all, know your why. You got to know why you're doing whatever it is that you're doing, because that why is the only thing that is going to fuel you, propel you, make you stay up all night to work for whatever it is in order to make your dreams happen. So I would definitely say know your why. And it's important to follow your gut, because the one thing I've never heard anyone say is I followed my gut and it was wrong. Your gut won't let you down. But see, other people don't have what you have impregnated in you. What mm -hmm. you're going to give birth to, it's not, they're not giving birth to it. It's not their vision. It's not their dream. So they're not going to understand what it is you're doing. So dream chasers, don't stop dreaming. You're going to birth something. That's not for them to understand. They'll just see and understand it later. And even if they don't understand it, 
Don't worry about it. For all you people out there who are worried about your grandmother or your mother or your brother or sister who aren't supporting you, the good news is there are still billions of people out there, millions that you'll probably attract that will. So you're in good shape. There are more people that you don't know than you do. So, hey, can't lose. Denisha, thank you so much. That was awesome. You're welcome. And guys, that was Tanisha O. She is such a positive and fun spirit. Honestly, definitely check her out. Check out her book. You guys can find all about her and more information and the links mentioned in the show notes page over at amyj21.com slash episode 184. That's episode 184. All right, guys, before I go, I would be remiss if I didn't mention we are in the middle of 2019 Chasing Dreams Fundathon. That's right. It is Fundathon. This is the first time we're doing it. I was nervous as heck doing it, but it's happening. It's happening because if I don't ask, I already know what the answer is, right? So the Fundathon started on Monday, March 18th. It's going until tomorrow, March 21st, midnight, which means 1159 Thursday, March 21st. And we're raising money to keep Chasing Dreams podcast going for another year. I love this podcast. It means the world to me. I love how it helps others and I want to keep it going. That's one of the things that this fundraiser is doing is trying to raise the money so we can keep it going. Okay. Without your support, I don't know what will happen. We'll have to see. Let's see what happens. We're having fun with it now. You guys are amazing. The support has been phenomenal and we still have a little bit of time. So if you're listening to this, please donate. And we probably still have a donate button up after the 21st if you'd like to donate. But we're trying to reach our goal before 1159 on the 21st. So let's see if we can do it, right? If this podcast has inspired you, empowered you, and just helped you, or if you've recommended it to someone, or you believe in the mission for people to chase their dreams, feel free to donate. You can check us out over on the Fundathon page at amyj21.com slash fundathon. That's F-U-N-D-A-T-H-O-N. Guys, whether you can donate or not, know that you are appreciated for the support you give this show. If these episodes are helpful, please share it with those around or leave a note and a review, honest review, on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you can, and know that from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate it. So, Until next time, Dream Chasers, keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1. Be sure to visit headquarters over at chasingdreamshq.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing.